Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 18th of October 2009, entitled, When God Visits His People. And the Bible reading is taken from Luke chapter 7, verses 11 to 16. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. All right, if you'd like to be opening your Bibles this evening to Luke chapter 7. Again, I don't plan to... Uh, to be long with you this evening. I know it's been a long day, and uh, you were patient this morning. And of course, for the last few Sunday mornings, we've been looking at, uh, well, a few Sunday mornings, we've been looking at the second coming of Christ and looking forward to that time when that Jesus Christ himself visibly, bodily is returning to get us from this earth. Uh, this evening, I want to look at a little different idea because the truth is we are looking for that day. And we are excited about that day, but you don't have to wait until then to be with Jesus, person to person, one-on-one. And as we look here this evening in Luke chapter 7, I'd like to read just a few verses, beginning in verse 11 and reading down through verse 16. I invite you to stand with me to honor the reading of God's Word, again beginning in Luke chapter 7 and verse 11. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. And when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not." He came and touched the buyer, and they that bare him stood still, and he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. There came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and, notice these words, that God hath visited his people. Father, we thank you this evening, Lord, for this privilege to be gathered together here with our brothers and sisters in Christ, for each one that you have sent this way. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege to stand and preach it once again. But Lord, we realize so full well that Lord, within our own selves, within our own power, we are helpless this evening to say anything that would accomplish eternal good. And so therefore, Lord, we come beseeching you, begging you, pleading with you that you would see fit, Lord, to anoint thy servant, to anoint the preaching of your word this evening. Lord, that no man could receive any glory, but that you would receive it all. You know the hearts of each individual that is here this evening, and I pray that you could use your word for that purpose. Lord, to save the lost, to restore the backslider, to build up and encourage and help the Christian to be able to face all that they have before them in the days and weeks ahead. And Father, we pray that everything that's done and said will bring glory and honor to you, for it's in Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. It's just a known fact. I tried to, I guess last uh, Sunday evening, if you'll recall, we, we looked at a simple thought that I wanted to encourage you. We looked at the simple thought of, of course, God taking a prostitute by the name of Rahab and giving her a position of great privilege that you know that God can reach down to the lowest and he can lift to the very highest and that there is nothing that you have in your life that is beyond God's reach. There's none of those that you love and care about around you that are beyond God's reach. 
He's capable to take anyone and to give them a, a new life in Him. But you know, as Christians, many times there are going to be difficult times. There are going to be struggles. I had somebody ask me this week, and it caught me a bit by, by, uh, by surprise, really. And uh, the question was asked to him, he says, uh, how do you manage to stay so up all the time? How do you manage to keep your walk with the Lord so close? And of course, you know, I said, and I thought, and I said, well, I said, there is no magical formula. I said, on the first hand, my walk with the Lord is probably out of sheer desperation because I could never make it on my own. Uh, I've grown old enough and learned that uh, within my own power, uh, I would stay in the dumps if it were left up to me. But I know that I cannot. Uh, I cannot get by without the Lord, and I, and I must be with the Lord. And yet at the same time, I told them, I said, but that doesn't mean that I don't have my struggles and my down times, my discouraging days as well. But I said, of course, a lot of times as a pastor, you can't show anybody. You just put the smile on your face anyway and keep going because you're supposed to be helping to encourage them out of their problems, not pass yours on to them. But we all, there are those times when we need a visit from God. Now, we know that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back bodily, but I want you to notice that it's interesting here that it was, it was Jesus that was here that visited with these people, and yet the people at the end, they knew without a doubt when they said that God hath visited the people. And I will say to you this evening that if God is going to visit you this evening, he will do it through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only mediator. He is the only one, the only thing. There is no other way for you or I to have access to the living God above. Now, of course, it should bring us hope. It should bring us encouragement when we stop and realize that the Holy Spirit, that one that Jesus promised, that comforter, who is a gift that's been given to each and every believer today, that in him, listen, you and I possess the same resurrecting power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, don't get me wrong. Brother Chris, that doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to go around and start saying, arise, and that people are going to raise up from the dead. I think it was D.L. Moody that made the statement one time that one thing about Jesus, every funeral that he ever visited, he made a mess of them because there wasn't anybody left dead. <laughs> the truth is that I'm not talking about a power for you and I to raise the dead, but I'm saying that person of the Holy Spirit living within you and I, we possess the same power of resurrection that was in the Lord Jesus Christ, that death will not be able to hold us any more than it did him. He's called a quickening spirit. That's a spirit that makes you uh, alive. And of course, the raising of a dead body certainly demonstrates a power that is beyond something that is human. These people knew that what had happened in their presence was something that could be done by God alone. Now, if I ask you the question this evening, who has never been to a funeral? There will probably be very few people here that would not have been to a funeral that hasn't known somebody that is passed on. Matter of fact, I could get even more personal and say, how many of you have had to bury a friend that was maybe very close to you? Or even a dear loved one, 
maybe a mother or a father or a brother or a sister, someone that was family that was so close to you and yet you've had to attend that funeral and pay your last respects as they left this world. Well, I want you to look at this passage this evening and I trust and pray that it'll do two things. If you're here this evening and you don't know Jesus Christ, I want you to leave here realizing that you're missing the most important thing in all of your life. If you want life, it's only going to come through Him. But for Christians, I want you to realize this evening that God is still visiting His people. You know, you're going to have some down days. You're going to have some tough times. You're going to have some struggles. But the same God that visited here through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ is the same God that will visit you. And I want you to notice some things from this account. When God visits His people, folks will know it. When God visits his people. Now, first of all, notice here this afflicted woman. We know that as she looked back at her past, that she had a sorrowful past because he tells us in verse 12 that she was a widow. So she was not new to this thing of losing someone that was near and dear to her. We know that she had already lost her, her husband in the past. And we know that right now in the present that it was a bitter time for her. This was her son that was being carried out here dead before the Lord Jesus Christ. And, of course, we realize that uh, uh, probably as she looked back to her past, she uh, could still grieve over what had happened in the past. But here in the present, how was she going to get through this? I mean, this was her only son. And, of course, not only as she looked at the past and the present, but as she looked to the future, she faced a pretty hopeless future. There was nobody left. Her husband was gone, and now her son was gone, and she was all alone in this world. And, of course, we can feel all alone many times physically and spiritually and, and in a lot of other ways. But I want you to know that there is a source of comfort. There is a source of help for each and every one of you here this evening Sometimes the circumstances may tell us that there is no hope. This son wasn't dying. He was already dead. He was gone. There was absolutely no logical thing whatsoever in the world that could come to her mind that could change the fact that she had already lost her husband and now that she had lost her son and her future looked pretty bleak. But you see, the story not only tells us about this afflicted woman, but where I really want you to focus for just a few minutes this evening is on the almighty friend. <laughs> she had a friend that came along, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And, of course, the ironic thing was is in the flesh, the closer that you would get to that grave, the closer that you would come to coming face-to-face -face with that sheer hopelessness. But what she didn't realize, when they left, these friends were carrying this coffin she was there in that possession. As she got closer to the grave, in fact, she was getting closer and closer to the only one that could bring her life, the Lord Jesus Christ. She didn't know it, but that was what was waiting for her. You know, they say that the darkest hour is just before the day breaks. And sometimes it's the same way in our lives. Sometimes, I mean, it can get really dark. Things can seem absolutely impossible. The Bible teaches us that the sorrow that endures for a night, it'll be turned to joy in the morning. We know that 
Jesus Christ himself meets this funeral. And of course, when Jesus Christ comes face to face with death, death doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> it doesn't stand a chance. We find that I want you to notice, first of all, that when God visits his people here in verse 13, it says, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. You see, God will still visit with you this evening, and God always comes with compassion. He had compassion on her. As soon as the Lord saw her, he didn't have to think about it. The love of his heart just naturally flowed out to her. You know, the Bible teaches us that Jesus was tempted in all points, just like you are, but yet without sin. The Bible teaches us that he knows our infirmities. He's felt what you felt. And I want you to know that wherever you are and whatever it is that you're facing, that whatever, however difficult that is, I mean, there was no hope for this lady. And what she had loved most in this world, it was gone. There was absolutely no way that anything could change that. And yet she had a visit from God through Jesus Christ. And he came with compassion. And of course, he not only comes with compassion, but notice it says there, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said unto her, weep not. Weep not. Can we begin to grasp that this is not something that God has to make a visit. When God comes, he comes into your situation genuinely compassionate, caring about you like nobody else can. And when he comes, he speaks these same words of comfort, weep not, weep not. Now, I'm sure that in the natural, some would have been thought that, boy, <laughs> he's just mocking. He's making fun of her. She may have even thought that herself. He's telling me not to cry. Does he not realize that this is my only son and he's gone? I've already lost my husband and now he's gone. Jesus knew what he was going to do. But she didn't. You know, the simple fact is, is that Jesus has a reason when he comes to us with compassion. And when he speaks those words of comfort, and you know, he, he still speaks those words of comfort over and over and over again as he speaks to you through his word. We find that he comes with compassion. He speaks with comfort. And notice what it says in verse 14. And he came and touched the buyer. He brings a timely touch. He touched the buyer. And they that bear him stood still. Truth was... All it took was a touch of Jesus. He didn't say a word to them, but they stopped. And of course, you know, what's this man doing? They wouldn't have known at this point. But of course, when Jesus comes to you and I, a lot of times it can seem totally hopeless. It can seem beyond anything. But when God visits his people, he comes with compassion. He speaks words of comfort and he brings a timely touch. He brings exactly what you need at that time and at that moment in your life. Notice that when Jesus came and touched it, notice what else it says. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise, arise. Well, now <laughs> we know that uh, 
This is uh, the authoritative words of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that when God speaks that natural laws don't matter. We even sing the song sometimes, you know, the wind and the waves obey his command. That's the God. And, of course, we find that as he comes here, he offers what would seem a very strange command. You know, sometimes in the natural, what God says to us, we say, well, that, that can't be what God really means. I mean, he touched this briar and this coffin's there, and this young man is dead. He's talking to a dead man. He's talking to a person that has no way whatsoever to be able to follow that command. But you see, only God can defy the natural. I made a note that, you know, I've had the opportunity, privilege, sometimes the cramped misfortune to fly on airplanes a lot of times. The truth is, is that when an airplane flies, it defies natural laws, but it has to have some help. It does it through the help of those wings, and it does it through the help of those big wings and those huge engines that are hanging on them that forces it to do something that allows it to overcome those laws. But God himself is the creator. He has the power to set aside the natural laws. He's the one that spoke to this one and said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. You know, sometimes people are going to think you're a little strange when you begin to listen to the commands that God gives you. Because it's not going to make any natural sense. Matter of fact, sometimes what God tells you may totally defy nature itself and what man would say. But we want to realize that it's God that's making the visit. And when God visits his people, he comes with compassion. He speaks words of comfort. He brings a timely touch. He offers a strange command sometimes. But folks, if you give him the opportunity, he and only he will impart the most wondrous changes beyond anything that you can imagine. Do you think for a moment that this woman ever even had the thought that her son would ever breathe or live again? He says here in verse 15, and he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. Now, I know that the hour is coming when the dead in Christ shall rise first, as we saw this morning. They're going to be the very first ones at the sound of that trumpet that are going to come up out of that, that grave. Death has no power whatsoever. But death is our last enemy. He's our worst enemy. I'm saying that there, whatever else that you're facing in your life, he's less of an enemy than this one called death. And yet when God visits his people, he's able to overcome all the circumstances and natural laws that might be existing, whatever they might be. Now, can you begin to imagine if a preacher were standing preaching a funeral and there was a coffin that was set there before that, that pulpit. Can you even begin to imagine what would happen if that corpse suddenly sat straight up in that coffin and began to speak? <laughs> Where would you be headed? <laughs> Probably racing the preacher to the door, right? 
Fact is, it's, there is absolutely nothing within us that could expect that or imagine that. I'm saying to you, it doesn't matter how far beyond our imagination it is. It doesn't matter how unlikely that it would be. If God commands, it will be. It will happen. Whatever it is in your life, we find that it's God himself that will impart that wondrous change that nobody else can bring. And of course, what did he do with that son? And he delivered him to his mother. <laughs> when God visits his people, he always gives the greatest gifts. <laughs> you know, there is nothing at this point in this woman's life, there was absolutely nothing that would have been greater for her. God could not have given her a greater gift than the life of this son that was before her. The last thing in the world that she would have expected, but we find that, you know, that's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ will do to us. When he comes into your life, he'll bring you the greatest gift. If you're here this evening, I want to say to you that God loved you so much that he was willing to pay the ultimate price. You see, the truth is, God always comes with compassion. And if it were for God's compassion and mercy, then you'd never be able to realize that grace that we were singing about earlier. God comes to you. And he'll come and he'll speak those words of comfort because though sin has bound you down and though you face the consequences of that sin, he'll come and speak those words of comfort. He'll bring the touch, the only touch, that can remove that sin for your life through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We find that when he comes, oh, I tell you, his offers may seem a bit strange sometimes. It may seem, you know, almost too simple. It may seem almost too strange. You know, it's just simply, you just got to believe him and ask him. It's not something that you got to do. You can't come up with enough to buy it. He just wants to give you the greatest gift of all. But Christians, once you've received that gift from him, he doesn't just go off and leave you until that day when the trumpet sounds and you'll see him again one day. God still visits with his people. He's still there for you. And whatever your circumstance, whatever's got you down, whatever it is that you're facing, I know sometimes it seems impossible. I know sometimes you've done everything that you can possibly do and it's still not doing any good. It just seems completely hopeless. I just want to remind you from this right here, she thought it was all gone, her past, her present. There was nothing left for her. She didn't even realize that just around that next corner she was going to come face to face with Jesus Christ. And when she faced Jesus Christ, there was no doubt whatsoever after she had come face to face with him, they all knew that God had visited his people. That same God is the same God that is still there today. And if you've got him in your life, he's still there and he'll still come to you in the same way that he came to you when he saved you. And he'll still bring you the greatest gift. You know, what greater gift? The Bible tells us even in speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ, he's already given us a gift, the unspeakable gift, a gift that we can't even describe, a gift that we can't even explain. But I want you to realize this. It says here in verse 16, and there came a fear on all, and they glorified God saying, 
that a great prophet is risen up among us and that God hath visited his people. Folks, when God visits his people, he deserves the greatest glory. He deserves all the glory. You know, it was amazing. It was amazing. There was absolutely, these people here, they feared God, but they gave God all the glory because they knew that they'd been in his presence so many times. We have to be careful because sometimes God actually works in our lives. And the very natural thing is, boy, it's a good thing I did this or a good thing I did that. <laughs> good thing so-and-so did this or so-and-so did that. He deserves all the glory, all the credit. But God still wants to visit with you here this evening. How do you visit with God? Sometimes it's easier to think about the fact, well, <laughs> he's just not there. I don't feel his presence. You know, sometimes it's hard to describe in words those mountaintop experiences, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, those times when, boy, you've been in the presence of God and he's been so real and his power's been so real that it's like you're in another world almost. I told people, you know, sometimes that's, that's those times of prayer. When there have been those times when I genuinely believe with everything within me, Brother Peter, that if the earthquake were to split the earth wide open right around me or somebody were to drop a bomb right into the middle of the sanctuary or whatever, I wouldn't even know that it went on because I was in the presence of God. What a glorious feeling when we can be in God's presence. But the fact is God wants us in his presence all the time. What's keeping us from it? Is it our own flesh, our doubts, because we're looking at things and we're seeing them as impossible rather than, as the songwriter said, turning our eyes upon Jesus, <laughs> realizing that he is there for us. He's always there for us. And I'm saying that when you're facing your worst past, your worst present, and you see absolutely no hope for the future, just like this woman, God will still visit with you. And just like her, boy, the impossible becomes possible. He'll meet with you, and he deserves all that glory. Father, we thank you this evening that, well, this is an account that most of us have read a number of times in Scripture. Lord, I was just refreshed even after so many times of reading this story, just to be reminded, boy, it was so clear. It was Jesus that was right there right there for this lady that, Lord, she had a sorrowful past. Lord, her, she had a bitter present that was right there when she had lost her only son. She saw no real hope for the future. But, oh, Jesus was just around the corner. And he was there. When she came face to face with him, there was absolutely no doubt. Everybody knew that God had visited his people. Lord, you know the hearts of these here this evening. I want to pray, first of all, that if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Lord, would you visit with them right now? Through that comforter, through that one known as the Holy Spirit, would you visit with them right now? Would you help them to recognize just how much that you love them? Would you help them to rec recognize that, yes, life is hopeless, 
within themselves, but with Jesus Christ. Oh, well, they've got the bright future. They've got hope for the future. I pray, Lord, that you would help them that even this day, they would not face another day without him. And Lord, I thank you for all of my brothers and sisters in Christ that are present here this evening. Lord, I would ask you right now, Lord, we know that there are some valleys that everybody goes through from time to time. There's some difficult times. There's those times when maybe we can look back at some sorrowful things in the past because we've gone through so much. And Lord, right now in the present, terrible things are happening and it just doesn't seem to be any hope for the future whatsoever. Lord, but I pray that you'd help us to turn our eyes upon Jesus. It's through him that you'll visit with us, Father. And I pray, Lord, that for each and every believer here this evening, Lord, that you would help them to know that you're here for them. You'll visit with them. You'll meet their needs, whatever they might be. That in your hands, they're as safe as safe can be. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. 